Hi, Adam. Here's your five seconds of silence for helping to get your levels. Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. This is the first episode of season two, and it's all about dun, 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 the astrology for the entire month of April. Uh, in season one, we did a deep dive into every sign for every lunar event, and that was a great experience. But in order to devote time to writing next year's book, that will essentially be a daily planner and meditation guide for mindfulness and meditation and manifestation, I need to rearrange my production schedule and my life a bit logistically speaking so that I have time to work on that project in advance so that it's in your hands by Christmas. So that means we'll be doing two episodes a month one at the beginning of the month, and one around the full moon that will only be the interview portion. So really, it's one episode that's all astrology, music, mythology, mindfulness, and all the good stuff you're used to, and then one episode where I chat with a person of interest. Hopefully, this format will be something you enjoy just as much, if not more, than the original. And know that it's so that I can work on more great tools for you to use. So with all that being said, let's kick things off with a little 80s throwback with Time After Time by Cindy Lauper.
Let's start things off at the logical place, the beginning, which in this case means talking about what just happened. Oh my god, Mercury retrograde. March was basically full on retrograde for most of the month, and frankly, I think it fucked with a lot of people out there. At least I know I got smacked with the retrograde stick pretty hard, and I thought maybe I was just going to be able to coast this one out. For almost like half of the earliest retrograde, I was kind of cruising on easy street, just going, this isn't so bad. Maybe it's just not aspecting me very dif- in really sensitive points. But as soon as I even started to think that thought, I was proven so wrong. My car overheated in midtown traffic in Atlanta the same day that I got a gig photographing a concert. My car is still broken at this point in time two weeks later, and I'm waiting for parts to be delivered, and also my camera that is almost as expensive as my car. Uh, After that concert I photographed, decided to just mysteriously stop working. And so basically, this retrograde has cost me hundreds if not thousands of dollars in car parts, lift rides, camera repairs, and uh, a lot of pride because I kind of felt like I had retrograde figured out, right? No, I didn't. I don't, and I don't think anybody's ever supposed to quote unquote have it figured out. What I think happens is uh, the planet aspects different parts of our chart every time And if you've got some sensitive points being hit and some interesting stuff going on with your natal chart and that Mercury transit, then you can be in for some nasty surprises. But this is what keeps us on our toes and ultimately opens the doors for us to learn new lessons. So when I said I think I had it figured out, yes, I 
do and I also will never ever ever see see it coming for my own life because frankly I'm just not supposed to. I can be aware and in the moment but still be surprised by what life has in store. So I wanted to tell all of you retrograde survivors out there that heading into April, which is mainly what this episode is all about, I think we have some nicer astrological weather ahead of us for most of the month, so you can breathe a little sigh of relief there. But it's never going to be completely easy and boring, so there are certainly a couple surprises this month um, that'll come our way with the form of, yes, even more retrogrades. But we'll get to all that stuff in a minute. Let's start out with April 1st and the planetary positions. So starting out with the first day of April, April 1st, the sun is in Aries. Of course, it's Aries season. So wish all your Aries friends out there happy birthday. And this is a very special happy birthday from me to our editor, Adam, who has a stellium in Aries. Thanks for doing everything you do for the podcast. And so the sun will move on from Aries later in the month, and it will officially become Taurus season on April 21st. But most of the month of April is thought of as Aries season, and Aries is also the sign of our new moon, which will occur on April 5th, which is a Friday, and Aries is all about fresh, bold starts, bold action, and since this is a new moon, it's all about making that bold action and growing new projects and ideas. So it's the perfect time to start that project that you have been planning all through Mercury Retrograde, plan to use that Friday new moon and Aries for some serious practical magic, whether that's just sitting and meditating and outlining your project, or even doing something more involved and ritualistic. The full moon this month will be in Scorpio on April 21st, and Scorpio is a powerhouse of dynamic forceful, and even intense energy. And so there's a couple of reasons why I think this full moon is going to be interesting, but it's going to be hitting some of those aspects that we were talking about with those retrogrades. We'll go into that in a little bit more detail when we talk about the full moon a little bit later in the episode. We also have Mercury direct. Finally, yay. Mercury is direct in Pisces until the 18th, which is when he will move into Aries. Okay, so Mercury and Pisces is illogical. It communicates through dreams and feelings and through the unseen. So people are stirred by poetic ideas versus hard, cold facts, right? And this can translate to anything that Mercury rules, which is all things, ideas, communication, and travel, and things with moving parts. So think about how these qualities can translate to those themes and objects. Um, During this time, uh, travel can be more intuitively guided. You can just sort of bump into people without even really paying attention to where you are or why you felt like you should be there. But that person that you bump into is going to be pivotal or or you might just have a really lovely conversation um, that just kind of changes your energy and perks you up and brightens the rest of your day. Um, One thing to be 
careful of during Mercury transiting through Pisces is that emotions can be raw. Um, and this can lead to flare-ups because other people might not realize that you don't feel what they feel or vice versa. Those people might not be feeling what you feel. And so when we're so consumed by really deep, heavy emotions then and other people aren't understanding us, that's a really frustrating thing to be going through. Um, so be aware of other people's raw emotions as well as your own. If you're ever confused by a situation, just try to step back, take some time, and look at the true feelings that you're experiencing throughout that situation in order to come to a better understanding of yourself and the situation and stop judging people and yourself so harshly. On April 17th, Mercury transits into Aries, which is quite a contrast to that Mercury and Pisces energy. Mercury and Pisces make stuff happen so quickly, it'll make your head spin. And it can make all of those mercurial themes, again, communications, ideas, and travel, all just move at a lightning quick pace. Um, but it's not always super well thought out, and it's not always one for following the rules. So um, while the idea might be highly, highly charged and motivated. It might not always be the most well thought out thing, um, but it also doesn't necessarily follow all the rules and it'll kind of go behind people's backs to get shit done um, or even uh, break the law. So obviously that's probably not a good thing, but some laws were made to be broken or changed. So it just kind of depends. There's a lot of laws I'm not happy with at the moment. Um, we'll see if Mercury and Aries can help us shift some of that energy to a more positive, more progressive, uh, beneficial for everybody in every class level, uh, just to have access to the things that they need. Um, that could definitely happen during a Mercury transiting Aries situation. After Mercury, we have Venus, and Venus is currently tag-teaming right behind Mercury, also transiting Pisces and moving into Aries this month. So just three days after Mercury enters Aries, Venus will then move into Aries as well. Venus and Pisces loves unconditionally. This energy leads us to seek out intimate relationships even more so than normal. Emotions are super deep during this time period. It's easy for Venus and Pisces, however, to become very materialistic, which is fundamentally at odds with Piscean nature. So it's better for people to focus on themes and ideas versus physical objects during this time, because that can lead us to overspending. It's also possible during a transit through Venus and Pisces that there are affairs that begin now that must remain unseen behind closed doors for whatever reason, but are also deeply, deeply emotional. Think of somebody having an affair with someone that's their true love, but they are trapped in a marriage of responsibility or duty. Something along those lines. That is what this energy tends to breed, if not uh, cultivated in a and, and also, it could just be fate, you know? You never know who you're going to fall in love with. Um, but this energy makes it possible for this kind of stuff to happen more so than, uh, say, Venus and Aries. 
which is Venus's next stop on April 20th. And Venus in Aries is on the move. She is pretty impulsive, and when she sees something nice or something that feels nice, she goes for it without thinking about the consequences or what might happen uh, if her heart is set aflame by those Aries fires, then uh, she just throws all caution to the wind and goes for it, throws everything at it, um, which can be really, really admirable and passionate and exciting, but it can also lead you with a bit of a hangover asking yourself what the hell you were thinking later on. Um, so I'm not telling you what to do or what to think, but just to be aware that this energy is coming and it's out there. Um, Venus and Aries can also be kind of a vulnerable time for the heart since decisions are made so impulsively, but it can also lead you out of a rut financially, creatively, or even romantically. It can also develop feelings of being overlooked and ignored if appreciation isn't mutually receptive. So that means if you've been feeling, um, like, you haven't been getting the attention that you deserve for a while, things can kind of boil over with those Aries flames stoking that, uh, those feelings. Um, and again, you can make rash decisions during, during a fit like this because you are kind of upset and feeling really emotional and you want what you know you deserve. So you might just do something different than you normally would do because uh, that's just the energy at play. It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing, but there's this is, again, not about judgment. This is about letting you know it's coming your way. So after Venus, we have Mars, and Mars is in Gemini all month long, which means that things are going to be even more erratic and impulsive than normal once Venus moves into Aries, because this is the kind of energy that feeds off of each other. And Aries, uh, or Venus will be an Aries, which is a fire sign. Mars, her lover, is going to be an air sign. So sparks are going to fly. Those flames are going to get fanned. However, Mars being in Gemini isn't super focused and it's super susceptible to the ideas of others. Um, so this is the kind of energy that leads to people falling madly in love and eloping two days after they've met, especially if other people say, go for it, or they heard that, you know, somebody's grandfather eloped and, you know, everything turned out fine, they're still married. These kinds of ideas, even though they might not be very well thought out, and maybe they're the right thing to do, but they're more ripe and more possible for coming up and occurring right now just because of the energy at play. It's also a really good time to try to change the tide of public opinion because Everybody is more open to new ideas and ideas from the group. So if there have been things unpopular uh, that have been unpopular lately, I mean, like House Bill 431 in Georgia, which is the heartbeat bill, um, which is a devastating bill for women's health uh, in Georgia. Um, it's a good time to be able to change uh, the public opinion on these kinds of things because the energy is is prime for it. And because Mars is all about action and it, Mercury will be in Aries, which is, again, ruled by Mars. I know that's complicated. This is a great time to take action based on those mercurial Aries impulsive ideas 
to do something that makes a hugely beneficial change. After Mars, we have Jupiter, who on the 10th of April goes retrograde in the sign of Sagittarius. After Mars, we have Jupiter, and Jupiter goes retrograde in Sagittarius this month, which is its domicile, and it rules all things higher learning, philosophy, and travel. It's actually been in its shadow phase since January 14th, so we haven't been getting the full dose of Jupiterian good luck that the planet is so famously known for since January. So if you feel like things haven't been quite working out the way you want them to, or your luck just hasn't quite been there, you might owe this to Jupiter retrograde and Sagittarius's shadow phase. It goes fully retrograde on April 10th. Jupiter in retrograde is one of the few exceptions in the planetary rules where everything is kind of bad feeling that happens. Um, Jupiter in retrograde, because of Jupiter's inherent, benefic, good, happy, joyful quality, um, everything that happens during a retrograde period in, in for Jupiter is ultimately definitely for the best. You just can't quite see it without a little bit of distance. And it can also lead to funny stories. So once my dad uh, had to drive a truck in reverse from Atlanta to Florida um, because the transmission was broken. And while uh, that's like for people who aren't familiar with the geography of the southeastern United States, it's about a three, four hour drive to where my dad had to go in Florida all the way backwards. Um, and he didn't get caught. And I feel like this is kind of the nature of Jupiter and retrograde. It gets what it needs to get done, but kind of a little bit backwards and leaves you with a funny story. Jupiter in retrograde could bring beneficial revisions to international law, philosophy, or even learning opportunities. I wouldn't be surprised if we were to see some major changes to how universities accept students with more transparency in the U.S., especially in light of the recent scandals where wealthy parents were caught buying their way into schools for their kids. Um, I think that it's... Due, we're t due for a change in that department, and I think everyone's just kind of fed up with how rigged the system feels. Um, it feels like the lower classes will never get a break unless they get famous on YouTube or something. You know, they have some project that takes them above and beyond, but most people just feel kind of stuck. And um, the one way out of that, or one of the ways out of that situation in America at least, is going to college. And so it's so disheartening when you find out that rich people are just buying their way in for their kids because money is a resource that they can regenerate regenerate more quickly than the lower classes can. Um, it's just really disheartening. So I, I think we're due for a change in that arena. Um, so maybe we'll see that come back to light or see future developments as Jupiter moves retrograde through the degrees he was just passing through. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if these issues were that in general we thought were sorted out come back to light to haunt us a little bit like zombies. And especially with Aries, especially with areas concerning travel, learning, philosophy, 
for most of the month. The sun will be in Aries and it will be trying Jupiter. So this means even though Jupiter is walking backwards this and the sun is moving forwards, they're going to have a a window of time here where they're working together in their own unique way to make forward motion happen in a good way for everybody. And Jupiter will be retrograde all the way until August 11th. So we have almost four months of Jupiter retrograde and I'm sure we'll feel those feelings in lots of different ways over the coming months. And if you feel like you've had a, a bizarre change of luck recently, uh, get in touch with me on social media. Let me know how that has developed for you. You can always reach us at Blood Moon Milk on Instagram or shoot me an email, bloodmoonmilk at gmail.com. Of course, Jupiter isn't the only planet going retrograde this month. And I know by now you're probably sick and tired of hearing the word retrograde, but... Probably the biggest retrograde event of the year happens at the end of this month, April 30th, Saturn goes retrograde in its domicile, its home sign of Capricorn. So what does this mean? Saturn is all about structure and responsibilities and karma and, and its astrological task is that of the the father making sure that you are being taught all your lessons that are kind of not always fun to learn, but super important for you to be able to get a grasp on so that you can move forward and not be reliant on other people or be at a detriment moving forward. Um, so with it in retrograde, we have to face up to anything we've been ignoring from our past. And this can also have big implications on your career because Capricorn is sort of the ruler of the career in your chart. This might mean things like an unexpected review comes up or a change in management structure or even in career altogether. Maybe something from your past that you used to love to do that you found really inspiring and fun but it just didn't work out for some reason. Maybe that comes back around and in a new situation because of changes in management over there, there's now an opening for you to move forward in that way. Um, so retrogrades aren't always fun and especially with Saturn it's it can be a really serious time but there's also possibilities for real growth and rewards since Saturn is known for rewarding people it sees working really hard. Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn and so he himself is getting a bit of a reboot during this retrograde transit. All the areas in the chart ruled by Capricorn right now are getting an upgrade but it might not feel like it. Again, anytime we change direction, it's stressful on our bodies, right? It's stressful on whatever vehicle we're moving in, um, just to, to stop going in whatever direction we're going in, to either stop or turn, the mechanisms of that structure that are turning get different areas of wear and tear on it physically. The same thing goes for our energetic and spiritual bodies, as well as the way we feel emotionally during big changes. They can be super emotional, tough, stressful times. And because of that, um, just as soon as you think you have something under control during a retrograde cycle, you probably don't. It's probably about time for things to get switched up for you. And it's usually the universe throwing something in your path that you have to tackle a deal with unexpectedly. And um, this is just the way things are. I'm sorry, but if you hold your head high and do the right thing and keep doing the hard work, Saturn does reward you. 
And while it can be a scary time and Capricorns are known for never asking for help when they need it, I just wanted to put it out there to everybody, Capricorn or not, while this Saturn retrograde is happening, um, if you feel like you need help and you don't know who to ask um, and you, you're listening to this, you can ask me, you can reach out to me and I will try to point you in a good direction. Um, just ask for help when you need it. Don't let yourself get so overwhelmed that you feel like there's no options left in your life. That's a terrible place to be. Things can get serious with Saturn and retrograde, but sometimes serious is exactly what is needed to rectify a situation. I mean, just imagine um, you're, this is kind of like a dumb example, but like say you're at a movie and you just are super excited and want to see this movie, but there's a bunch of people behind you just getting rowdy and loud and you can't concentrate and you just wish they would shut the hell up. A little bit of seriousness while still being able to have fun and enjoy the movie might be exactly what's called for. And if that's what you're seeing in your life, where there are significant groups of people just running amok, I can think of a couple of groups of people right now, some of them start with the letter R, um, and they're just doing whatever they want, then um, during this retrograde cycle, there can definitely be opportunities for a power shift to happen. And it's up to us to be diligent and to go forward with the best of intentions so that we manifest those intentions here on earth. After Saturn, we have Uranus in Taurus and Neptune direct in Pisces all month. And while I would normally go into more detail about those, I am kind of running out of time because we have yet another retrograde to talk about with Pluto going retrograde in, you guessed it, Capricorn. So what does Pluto retrograde in Capricorn bring us energetically? Pluto is considered to be the grim reaper and in Capricorn we can see it out for blood for big business and big institutions. Think about the fundamental structures that run our day-to-day lives, the supermarkets, the giant pharmaceutical companies, the huge healthcare systems. I'm talking about systems that have become too big, too complicated to be nimble, to be able to react quickly, and stuff that we all rely on on a day-to-day basis, yet is ripe for revolution and for change. So don't be surprised when huge changes to massive structures happen seemingly overnight. I did a little research about uh, Pluto and Capricorn through history, and the first historical period that I had stumbled upon was 532 to 551, which was also known as the Dark Ages. Yeah, super fun, right? There was also, um, it was really cold, and there was like an unexpected ice age that kind of occurred and right now we're going through a similar pattern in history with global warming and while the planet is getting warm in a lot of areas there are also that's also contributing to massive snowstorms in certain climates and regions so it might feel like there's another ice age coming for those particular areas i'm sorry minnesota you guys had a rough winter 
Um, the next period of time was 778 to 796, when Charlemagne conquered Europe after uh, he battled lots of tribes in Germany and modern-day France, and then set up what is now more or less the modern-day European social monarchical dynasty. So as you see, we're talking major structural changes, changes from a small tribal system to a more centralized, consolidated rulership. In 1024, the Chinese introduced paper money, and banking was revolutionized when goldsmiths began putting people's gold in their vaults and giving them receipts in exchange, inventing paper currency. So you can see gold is starting to play a theme here, and Capricorn is known as being very monetarily motivated. In 1269, the Yan Dynasty was started when the invading Mongols conquered China. So again, we're talking about major structural revolution in rulership and governorship. In 1516 to 1533, the Spanish, again, lured by gold, see that Capricornian theme coming back, invaded Central America and destroyed the Aztec Empire. So again, we are seeing a revolution based on monetary resources as well as a fundamental change in governing bodies and culture. And the last time uh, Pluto was in Capricorn was during the founding of America and the American Revolution, which again, revolutionized the way we thought of the world. There was all of a sudden a whole new power structure and new political ideas. That same energy is happening right now. And I think with Pluto going retrograde, we're going to have the opportunity to revise some of these structures and develop new ways, better ways, hopefully, uh, to change things. And we should try to avoid those karmic traps of being lured by gold and monetary resources and centralizing those structures of power, which again, crumble and collapse, and maybe thinking about how to uh, serve the majority of people and redistribute the wealth a little bit um, just so that things are a little bit more fair otherwise those revolutions that we had in America and then following on in France um, they're they're not going to be as drastic and necessary when change comes it'll be a more democratic process but the fewer people who are in power the easier it is to change things in a way because there's less people to take out I mean, I'm just talking from a purely tactical standpoint here. So while I know at the beginning of the episode, I said we were going to have some nicer astrological transits this month, um, I'm afraid that I probably just scared the crap out of all of you with all of that. So my bad. I'm sorry. Um, but I think that this kind of energy makes it... Uh, super possible for positive change if we know what's coming and we're not reacting from a primitive scared place but instead we take advantage of these changes for opportunity to make positive forward movement remember sometimes things are ready to be reaped and i think that we're in that period right now so let's take a little music break and try to digest all of that retrograde talk this is blue oyster cult with don't fear the reaper We'll be right back with the rest of the show.
All right, so with that, let's go over some plugs really quickly before we get into all of the lunations, the new moon in Aries, the full moon in Scorpio, and questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation for the month, along with chakras and crystals. Have you been missing your daily illustrated blood moon milk horoscopes on Instagram? While I love doing them, they require a lot of time and effort to make beautiful illustrations and not to mention writing a horoscope worth the crap. So imagine my frustration when I see that only a few subscribers see my daily post every day. That's pretty disheartening. So I'm going to return doing daily horoscopes, but this time it's going to be a daily horoscope newsletter. They'll still be illustrated and sometimes they'll even be animated. And, um, in return, I'm asking you to support them. Um, you can sign up for a monthly or annual subscription, and either way, it works out to $5 a month, which is about the, co about the cost of a cup of fancy coffee. And you can enjoy them and know that you're helping to support an independent, grow in a sustainable way that really does have an impact. For the last year, I haven't made any money doing the show other than what I do with uh, one-on-one -on -one astrology readings and stuff like that, which I, I also love doing. But this is a way that I think the show can grow in a sustainable way and you get something in return for it on a daily basis. So I think that's a really great and accessible price point for almost everybody. And it's a great gift to give. Um, so visit Blood Moon Milk and sign up for that daily dose of Blood Moon Milk for your inbox. And thanks for supporting the show. Also, I'm working on writing the book, Blood Moon Milk 2020. It's available for pre-order now. And so that's a great way to support the show as well and support the book being written. Um, and it will also just encourage me to keep going. Uh, there's a lot of incredible material I am putting together as well as uh, just the transits and the interpretations of the movement of the stars, but also the illustrations and recipes and uh, mindfulness prompts and all that good stuff so that you every day next year um, can have, uh, basically it's a daily planner that you can work with to help prompt you on a path to mindfulness. Also, we've got a workshop coming up on the summer solstice, so still a little bit away, at Minka in Brooklyn, and it's all about the soul's purpose and astrology, and if you attend, you'll get a chart interpretation by me, and we'll just go over how to read a, a natal chart. And as always, if you are curious about how the transits will affect you and your chart, get in touch for a one-on-one -on -one astrology session. If you just go to bloodmoonmilk.com, Click on one-on-ones and book it there. All right, let's get back to the show. So the big lunar events this month is the new moon in Aries, which essentially is our starting point for all things manifestation for the year. So with this lunation, set some time apart to really focus your intentions and ask for beneficial energy to guide you and be with you in all of your endeavors moving forward. And the energy of Aries, it's really brash and strong, and uh, it just sort of plows ahead without much regard for who it affects. This can be a hugely beneficial thing or a 
pretty devastating thing. It just depends on how you use the energy to guide you. But if you have your attention sort of set and planned, then at least you are ready and primed to get out of your rut, out of your funk. And I know I personally am ready for it. I feel like I've been sort of in the sleepy haze, all this Piscean energy uh, kind of holding it over is just making me super sleepy and uh, not my normal get up and go self. So I'm really looking forward to that new moon in Aries coming up on April 5th. Two weeks later, we have the full moon in Scorpio, which is going to bring some pretty intense energy to the table, especially with all these planets going retrograde right around this time. I think that uh, this full moon could actually be quite dramatic. There's a lot of interesting aspects going on that time. So watch out for the 20th of April as a day for some pretty major events happening on the on the news stage, on the worldwide stage, just major events breaking unexpectedly that kind of change things up a little bit, but are mega, mega, mega intense because again, that is Scorpio's energy. It's super emotional. It's very private. Um, and it's really mysterious and drawn towards all things dark. And it's ruled by Pluto, which again is about to go retrograde in Capricorn. So um, with its ruler moving backwards in the sky, I think yeah. it's entirely possible that we're going to see some real sparks fly around this full moon. So what does that mean, right? Like sparks fly. It just means that intense events and occurrences and interactions with people can happen, um, especially unexpectedly. Uh, Mercury will be moving forward, but most of the other major power players are going to be moving backwards. So it could feel like while things in your personal life are moving in a good direction, uh, things on a national or even international level that are beyond your reach or beyond your control seem to be going backwards faster than ever. Um, Not to fear, though, this will be rectified in the future. We just have to have faith in the future. Um, But, you know, batten down the hatches and prepare yourselves for some interesting astrological weather ahead. The full moon in Scorpio is great for getting in touch with your sensual and sexual side, as well as getting in touch with anything that is occult or dark and mysterious. Go put on those black sequins, that black leather, express your wild side a little bit more openly that night. Um, That's what Scorpio loves to do and hopefully the weather will be nice in your neck of the woods and you can just get out there and kind of let that freak flag fly a little bit um just try to bring joy to whatever it is you do because Scorpio can go from zero to 60 and being super moody at the drop of a hat so bring some joy to that intention intentional practice and watch Scorpio become that uh lovely protective Um, maternal and intense energy work to your benefit. The chakra that I'm going to recommend working with for this whole month with both lunations, both the new moon in Aries and the full moon in Scorpio is the same. It's your solar plexus chakra. Uh, This is because Mars rules both Aries and it's also thought of as the ancient ruler of Scorpio. So let's work with the solar plexus chakra to activate our intentions for forward action, forward movement, not only for Aries and new moon, but for the full moon in Scorpio as well. That way you have your power aligned with your intentions for the next six months to come all the way until that Aries full moon six months from now. 
The solar plexus chakra is thought to help with balancing the energy of the Manipura, and working with this energy can increase your confidence, your willpower, and your personal presence and energy. So yellow stones are really helpful with this. So everything from citrine to topaz to tiger's eye are all wonderful allies with working through your solar plexus. So what are the questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation that I'm going to prompt you with for this month? For the new moon in Aries, let's think about and meditate on the idea of actions and what actions you feel called to making during this time period. And maybe there's a little bit of bravery that comes with those actions. It's something that maybe you're afraid of or are scared to admit to yourself, but since the full moon is in Scorpio later this month, I'm going to task you with confronting some part of your worst fears, your the things you're afraid of that might need a little bit of boost in the bravery department. Maybe thinking about confronting that uh, by the time of the full moon in Scorpio, which is all about intensely hidden intimacies and bringing things out into the open. Um, if you can do that, I think you're going to just move forward in some beautiful, beautiful ways. Also, during the new moon, maybe there's a way you can think of to be more spontaneous in your daily life. What is it that you can do to bring more joy and spontaneity into your day-to-day -day actions that help to change your perspective and even move you into a, uh, a place of bravery? The only thing to be afraid of is fear itself. So if you keep that in mind and go towards the things that you're afraid of, I bet you'll find that you're, you make progress that you never would have imagined you could have made, especially with this new moon in Aries on your side to help. So for the full moon in Scorpio, I'm going to suggest you get in touch with your sexy side. Find something about yourself, even if your opinion of yourself isn't super high. Do something nice that makes you feel damn sexy during this Scorpio full moon. It's also an excellent time to look over your investments and to uh, maybe even drop grudges. If you can find a way to shed new light onto a person or a situation that you haven't thought of before in order to negate that negative feeling, you open up all this energy and to be able available for new positive growth, which, I mean, who doesn't want that, right? So let's focus on being sexy, look at our money in a sexy way, drop your grudge, and also, lastly, but maybe most importantly, look for ways to deepen or strengthen your most important relationships, because we all need each other, especially with this cosmic weather that's coming our way. One thing that I've been working on and having a little bit of uh, like difficulty getting going the way I want it to, partially because of Mercury retrograde, but partially just because there are systems in place that are keeping me from doing what I want when I want to, um, I'm working on developing some chocolate and I can't wait for you to try them, but I can't really talk about it too much in detail right now because I don't have a lot of details to share. Um, I'm still working through some things. It's not something that I've just forgotten about, uh, but I, I have a kitchen to work in, but in order to be able to get to the kitchen, I have to have a car and my car has been broken for weeks. So I was hoping to have been at 
uh, a pop-up this month and to have been selling them and having all those ducks in a row. But the reality is that I just haven't been able to swing that yet. Um, and I want to in the very near future. So I'll keep you up to date with the Chocolate Odyssey um, because I think it's going to be really moving and really delicious and beneficial for everybody. And so I just wanted to leave you with that quick little update before I play you out with one last song and wish you a fond farewell until next month. Um, look for another Blood Moon Milk the 1st of May. We'll talk about Taurus and there will be another episode that drops that's just the interview portion right around the full moon in Scorpio in April. Thanks so much for listening and supporting. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, Aurora, and edited and engineered by Adam McIntyre. This is Mysterious Ways, the Solar Plexus Club Mix with you two and Trevor Gray. I'll see you next time on Blood Moon Milk.